Matinee for the Cardinals today. A sweep of the Marlins and a fifth win in a row overall. Dakota Hudson on the mound at Bush today. Kyle Hendricks starts for the Cubs tonight when they host the Nationals. Cubs scored 17 runs on 20 hits in last night's win at Wrigley. The MLS All-Star Game is on tap tonight in Washington, D.C. As the All-Stars play Arsenal, MLS has lost their last four matches in a row against international clubs. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. David Eicholt, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Momentarily, bottom of the hour, we'll speak with Cole Bear, covers uh, UNI for the Cedar Rapids Gazette, uh, amongst other places. His radio affiliate is 1650, you said? 1650, 1650. KCNZ, the fan. The fan over in eastern, northeastern Iowa, would you call it? Yes. Okay, northeastern Iowa. Uh, for Cole Bear, but we look forward to speaking with him and picking his brain on the 2023 Panthers and what kind of game he anticipates against Iowa State. And then Trent's plays of the day, Circus Sports sponsor those. Those come up about 10 minutes before one. Let's get David Eichold in here. He covers the Hawkeyes. Hello, David. How are you? What's going on, guys? Things are going well. Appreciate you having me. Kind of the calm before the storm. Is this maybe the week where you... Catch your breath a little bit before off to a week from today. You'll be in Indianapolis. Big Ten media days will be underway. So is this kind of a, at least you'd like to think it'll be a quiet week with nothing breaking, et cetera? <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it catching my breath. I'm actually in Nashville uh, catching up with nice. our 24-7 sports colleagues. I got a chance to hang out with our old friend, Kennington Smith, uh, who now covers Alabama for the Athletic. And, uh, well, I got some Iowa season preview stuff I'll be recording in in our studio and all that. So that should be released next week as well. So uh, maybe it's catching my breath, but, uh, I, you know, it's all good, man. It's uh, Season's getting close, and I, I can't wait. No doubt about it. And as we get ready for that, there is some news today and another commitment along the defensive line. Uh, tell us about the young man. Help us with the pronunciation, if you can, as well, from down in Plano, Texas. Yeah, so it's Shime Shimike, defensive lineman, high three-star. Uh, Kelvin Bell's been crushing on their career yeah. in the last month. I mean, he's three for three in his top targets. The defensive line now up to four commits. Hmm. And a really different variety of guys. I mean, they have a high upside guy, a guy who's still new to football. And then they have, you know, Shime, who I think is going to be a proven edge rusher when he gets to Iowa. He just has that frame that Iowa really likes. So Kelvin Bell might be the happiest person on the staff, maybe outside Tyler Barnes since they have 20 commits already. Uh, but no, and then you go back to that June weekend. I know we talked uh, you know, about a month ago about that June weekend. Every official visitor that was not committed besides one has now committed to Iowa Jesus. publicly. Uh, and Iowa is still in the running uh, for Xavier Lucas as a high three-star safety out of Florida. He's the only one that has not committed, but yeah, Shimei Shanike is going to be a really, really good addition. Iowa beat out six other Power 5 programs for him. And like I said, I think Kelvin Bell is very, very excited to start working with these guys. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for being able to land just different versatile weapons. And I know 
Kelvin does not necessarily enjoy labeling guys defensive ends or defensive tackles because they want to, they want them to be versatile enough to play both. But Shime has a, a very, very high ceiling as an edge rusher, I think. Really kind of reminds me of Deontay Craig a little bit. How about that? That'll work. Uh, she certainly bur- uh, burst on the scene. So, um, look, they're doing incredibly well. And, and in the air, and it's always been an era, I guess, of negative recruiting, you would have to think that, that uh, other schools are um, bringing up Ferentz's hey, Look, he might be there for a year or two, but let's face it, he's not going to be there for your entire time. I mean, they have to be hearing that on the road, yet whatever reason, it's not resonating, and they're putting together an incredible class. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I also think that, I mean, it's something that's probably been on the docket for the past six to eight years, I would think. I mean, right? Kirk's been there for 25. I think he's just been there so long that it really doesn't matter because you think about the kids that are being recruited by Iowa, right? Anywhere from 15 to 18 years old. Well, Kirk's been there for their entire life. They know nothing different of it. So it's just sort of that main staying power. And I also would argue this. Iowa has kept a lot of their coordinators. They've kept a lot of their yep. assistants for a long time. And I also think that's a great selling point. I mean, you go back to Caleb Brown when he talked to the Iowa media yesterday. He said it was very relieving that the same people that recruited him the first time around were still there. And that's just not a common practice in college football right now. So, you know, I think that probably is on the recruiting trail. I know it's on the recruiting trail. But I think kids right now are just kind of shaking their head. And Iowa, they already got their pitch lined up. Um, It's just nothing new for them, I don't think. So I don't even think they sweat it anymore. You know, the speculation is out there that this could be the end for Kirk. But when you see, at least from the recruiting side, and you guys do so much of that, a Hawkeye insider, it doesn't feel like when you're looking at it from that perspective, like the end is near. Is that how you see it? You know, I've gone back and forth on it, Trey. I mean, I still want to see who officially is going to be the new AD because I do think that that could play a role. I still think it's going to be Beth Getz, who's going to be the interim athletic director starting August 1st. I mean, I, I thought this would be near the end of the Kirk Ferentz era. I still think it's a little bit uncertain, but I've also been told by some people that, you know, he might be there another four or five years at least. And I think the real thing that I think has changed up Kirk's timeline, I've mentioned this before, but that 2020 season with COVID, when he got a taste of what retirement was going to feel like, because, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have a season. I think he realized, I'm not ready to go learn how to cook. I'm not ready to go watch the birds. Like, this is his entire life. So I just don't think he's ready for that retirement, and I think he's still all in on coaching. And it's interesting to me when you look at the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings, they just seem to get better and better and better recruiting-wise over the last several years. And you could argue that based on wins and losses, this is one of the quote-unquote golden eras of of Kirk Ferentz's tenure. So I just don't think that it's really necessarily going to change up his timeline. Now, let's say Iowa wins the Big Ten title this year. Then I think we have an interesting discussion. But I do think if I had to put my crystal ball, I think Kirk's going to be around for at least another three or four years. I, I That's just what I keep hearing behind the scenes. But who knows? Maybe one or two things change and his timeline changes. Uh, golden air of punting, Shirley. Reggie Roby, I mean, he was really good in his own right. Uh, but Tory Taylor, uh, and he's really taken this uh, uh, season seriously. Not that he hasn't in the past. I don't, want to, I don't want to come across that that's been the case. I mean, proof is in the pudding, right? We see the results for ourselves. But he hasn't been happy with his, uh, with his year last year. He wants to get better accuracy, uh, pinpoint, uh, you know, putting the ball where he wants it to go. He's dropped weight. He's given up social media. Uh, Tory Taylor is all in. On 
it's amazing just that he continues to find a way to kind of, you know, perfect his game. But he would have been the first punter signed in this past right. NFL draft, right? I mean, that, that's just the sort of workmanship he has. And I also think that given his age, I think he's a lot more mature and can analyze it differently than Fair college point. punters, right? I mean, yep. we got to Iowa. He was 23 years old. He's been here. He's going to graduate. And he'll go to the NFL at, what, 26, 27 years old? And now he's talking about perfecting his leg speed. He doesn't want any touchbacks. If he doesn't put it within the five-yard line, I've seen him go off the field incredibly upset because he put it at the five instead of the one. And that's just the sort of mindset that he has on it. It's amazing to sit there and think about because how many coaches will kill to have a punter like that. Um, yeah, Tory Taylor's all in. And, you know, secretly, I think he's excited and really hopes that he doesn't have to punt as much as he did last season as well. That would be a good thing. Punting I think it's winning, boys. Uh, no, it's not. Not when you have that offense that you had a year ago. There was a lot of losing that shouldn't have been there. Hey, let's jump into the wide receiver room. And probably one of the stars of the media availability yesterday was Caleb Brown, the Ohio State transfer. Uh, hearing from him. And one of the interesting nuggets that came out, he's back to returning punts. They got a pretty good punt returner in Cooper DeGene. How's that going to work? Are we going to go back to the days of the two punt returner system? What are they doing? And what's LeVar Woods cooking up with those two guys back there? Yeah, that was a very interesting nugget. I mean, Sean and I wrote an article about a month and a half ago debating if it should be Cooper or Caleb Brown. And Cooper was electric last year. I think you want to find a way to get him the ball as much as possible. I mean, this is, you know, Cooper DeGene, for example, guys, he led Iowa in touchdown receptions until the bowl game. <laughs> I mean, which is a crazy thing to think about with the three pick sixes. But I think after Cooper got hurt in that Nebraska game, I think you realize – how valuable he is to that defense. And I was not land a third cornerback in the NCAA yeah. transfer portal. So maybe that's why they're throwing Caleb Brown back there. But I also think you could argue that Caleb Brown's going to be incredibly valuable to the offensive side of things. Despite having Eric Hall, despite having Luke Lachey, Caleb Johnson, and a few other guys, remember there's only one healthy scholarship wide receiver in this past spring game. So it's going to be very interesting to see kind of how they go about it. But, you know, Caleb Brown says he's an instant impact guy. He wants the ball in his hands as much as possible. But I don't think Cooper's going to be happy about potentially giving up punts if Caleb's back there. But if Caleb, you know, houses one on the first couple of attempts, I think Cooper <laughs> can say, hey, you know what? That's all right. Yeah, you go ahead and take it. How about kick return then? Do both those guys go back there? I know we saw LaShawn Williams back there at times a year ago. What about the kick return job if, as we look at this decision they have to make with punts? Yeah, I think that will be interesting. I think Caleb Johnson is back there as well. Mm-hmm. I really would like to see Caleb Brown on the kickoff. I think with him and Caleb Johnson, I think those should be the two guys. But, I mean, there's a variety of players that really don't want that role. I mean, you could argue you want Xavier there you go back there at kick returning with his athleticism, with his size. So I, I think there's going to be a very interesting battle. I mean, I'm not one to sit here. If whoever LeVar Woods picks back there, he's, they deserve to be back there. I'm not going to question whatever LeVar Woods does basically based on his coaching ability that he's shown. So I, I would personally like to put Caleb Brown back there. I understand playing Caleb Johnson, but you kind of need those explosive athletes. And I, I think Caleb Johnson has a high top-end speed, but I also think his acceleration in the kick-return game is not the level of a Cooper DeGene, of a Caleb Brown, or a Xavier Wampa. But it, it'll be interesting to see how they end up doing that. Uh, McNamara stays healthy. Uh, what does a... Um... 
Caleb Brown's season look like when it's all said and done? How many receptions? Look, I think Lachey and all are going to be 1-2 when it comes to receptions. That's a bit of the case over the last few years when it comes to the Hawks. What's a successful season for Caleb Brown look like? Yeah, and I would caution people who really – because, I mean, look, Caleb Brown wants to be number one right, wide receiver. I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver. But I've also said I think Eric All and Luke Lachey could put up Hawkinson and Fant numbers. Mm-hmm. I think they have that sort of potential. I've had three calls from three different organizations asking about Luke Lachey. Like, Luke Lachey is going to have a lot of eyes on him, and I'm interested to see the kind of year he has. I think a successful season for Caleb Brown would be, you know, 30-plus receptions, 400 yards, and four touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying he can't surpass that. But let's remember, this is still an Iowa offense. They haven't had an all-Big Ten wide receiver since Marvin McNutt, okay? It's a while ago. Been over a decade. Caleb Brown has the potential. This is a redshirt freshman with one career catch. I think he has as much potential as any Iowa wide receiver probably in the past decade, and he wants to line up all over the field. But if you can get four touchdowns out of him, if he can make some big third-down plays, I think you really kind of give that room the momentum boost it needs to turn around. Because let's be frank, guys, that wide receiver room has to turn around. Yeah. There's just no no excuse at this point. And if it turns around, a big part of that is also going to be protection, offensive line. Got to hear from Dejan Parker, the incoming transfer from Saginaw, a guy that many people targeted as the tackle opposite Mason Richmond coming up this season. He got banged up in the spring, had a scope. He's back out there and going through workouts. What about Parker and the likelihood we see him out there game one as a starter at the other tackle position? Yeah, you know, I think in spring, if he would have went through spring, I would have said he's a lot. But this is a guy that's still catching up to the speed of the college game, and there's a lot of competition in that offensive line room. I mean, talking to people behind the scenes, I think this is the first time in the last couple of years that there's good opt- just optimism within the offensive line room. There's guys that can push each other, and they know it's put up or shut up time. George Barnett knows it's put up or shut up time. And Kirk knows that the only way the offense is going to work is if they have a good offensive line out there. Right now, I don't think Parker starts barring a big fall camp. I think Jennings Dunker could be a guy that starts. I think you look at Connor Colby. You look at, obviously, Logan Jones is a lot. But I think based on what Iowa did last year, they're not going to be worried about who are we going to put at tackle or guard. They're going to put the best five players out there and just make it work position-wise. But I do think that Parker has potential to start. But, again, missing all of spring, I just don't think it does him any favors, especially since he's transferring up a level. Hmm. Uh, who will um, represent the administration over in Indianapolis? When's Bard's mm-hmm. last day? Is it August first? Right? Yes. Yeah. Will he be there? Do you yes. think? He normally is. I have not. I have not asked about that. I would be. I would. Be, I don't know if I'd be surprised or not. I think it'd be very smart to have Gary there as a kind of a final send off. I also think Beth Get should should probably be in yeah, attendance as I well. Agree. And I'd be surprised if she was not. And then also Steve Rowe as he's departing. Is it going to be Big White? I over thought there? he's done. Is he officially he? I done? Think he's officially done. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be big whites there, and then uh, Steve Rose just going to hop on his fishing boat and crack open a Miller Lite and be so happy he doesn't have to deal with the stresses of all of us. Well, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get your microphone up there to get the camera because... Steve's not a real big guy. Uh-uh. White's, on the other hand, is all a six foot seven, and I know you're allegedly tall, Eichel. Oh, here but, we go. <laughs> but I will tell you, that's going to be a little bit more difficult to get those good camera shots when you're doing the videos with White's in the way. 
Yeah, definitely got to get the zoom out ready. Right. You know, I know the TV people are going to have to take another couple steps back yep. as well. But yeah, Weitz is, uh, I think Weitz is what, about all of six foot eight, six foot he's nine. Good guy. He's, he is. He's no small human being. No, that's for sure. Hey, enjoy Nashville. Thanks for popping on with us. Uh, appreciate it, uh, as always, David. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. I yeah. appreciate you. Good to talk to you. Uh, David Eichel from 247sportscyclealert.com. I know I say it every time. I mean it every time. The change from where we're at now. Iowa made three football players available yesterday. Mm-hmm. July the 18th. Yep. Look at the coverage that they got statewide. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye fans, they are so close to football season, they can taste it. Yesterday, they got to hear it. Why does Iowa State not do this? And they do this from time to time, and they'll try to. That's what coach. I mean. Iowa does yeah. it from not not Campbell. No, he's done a phenomenal job there. Public relations is not one of them. Media relations, better yet, is yeah. not one of them. Put your guys in front of the cameras. Do you think they're going to say something dumb? Well, no. Obviously, we just we just listened to yeah, them in Dallas. They were they all were well coached. They were excellent. They knew exactly how to deflect the question, or in this case, not answer the question. Either every transcript or every cut of those interviews that I saw, there was nothing that nothing was cringeworthy. There right. Was, you're recruiting the right people. There's no doubt. Matt Campbell is doing that. Mm-hmm. He's bringing in the right guys. He's bringing guys in with upside and bringing guys in that fit the culture that he has built at Iowa State. Why? Why keep them away, Trent? Full disclosure, it's really beneficial to us and everybody else in the media. Yes. But. We we had a jumping off point there with Caleb Brown. We got to hear from Caleb Brown mm-hmm. really for the first time, yep. and that is a jumping off mm-hmm. point. Yep. It's not that we're going to play an interview. We're not going to do things yep. like that. That's not what we do, but it's just it's like we talk about with the Capital City League and the Primetime League. Right. We're not breaking down the box score. Right. It's a jumping off point. Yes. It's what the media needs to continue the conversation. Would oh. you like to hear from Jaden Higgins, who's going to take I over would, Xavier Hutchinson's role? I would absolutely love to hear from that. What There's this no shot in hell Iowa State is going to do that. What about the backup quarterbacks? You think we'd like to hear from a wide receiver about that? Without a doubt. Right. When Tom Cruschel was there and he was running the mm-hmm. shop, shop, mm-hmm. ship over there, it was night and day. Honest to God, he got it. He, McCarney got it. Yes. Dan McCarney got it. I, it's hyperbolic. I swear I could have got McCarney in the middle of the game. <laughs> Honestly, to promote his team. Halftime interview, let's go to Ken Miller. Right. Uh, we're doing the show on the jog, whatever. Um, he would do it because he got it. He needed mm-hmm. to to cut into the dominance that Iowa had in the state when sports radio was born. He got it. Yesterday, all these Hawks are available. <laughs> It's just maddening. And it's very simple. And it's not just a once-off, Trent. This happens all the time lately. This is not one where you can just hide behind, well, we have the gambling investigation. That's a part of it, but it's very simple. If you go to all the media that would be there, every one of the, it'd be beat guys. Mm -hmm. And you would say, the SID beforehand, there will be no questions It's an ongoing investigation. They can't talk about it. They are not going to talk about it. Don't bring it up and tell them in very terse tone. This is not a conversation piece today. Mm-hmm. I know you want to ask it. Do not ask it. And let the media members know. Trust them. Absolutely. Freshmen can't talk at Iowa State. And that was it, a long time ago. It's at Iowa 2023 State. for crying out loud. They can get NIL deals now. Right. They can make a lot of money. But they can't talk into a microphone. God forbid. They just don't get it. They truly don't get it. You have time, to be the beast. You have to. Absolutely. Uh, time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest. Insert the keyword pay, pay at KXNO.com, pay at KXNO.com. 
uh, your opportunity to win $1,000 pay at KXNO.com. Well, speaking of Iowa State, they take on UNI week number one, September the 2nd. We'll find out about those Panthers and what kind of team will make their way to Ames when we come back. It's Miller and Condon. Colbert's going to join us on 106.3 Des Moines Sports Station. Our radio app now. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rate. Play Circa Million, where you make five picks against the spread each week with 100% payback. Or join Circus Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. I'm boring. Nailed their offer. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful. Because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now... We have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. Best way to hire. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Now, back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Just past 1230. We take you until one. Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those those coming up here oh in no less than 15 minutes probably need a little extra time with all the golf picks as the open chat i got a lot of them well we're underway in about 12 hours from right now you're putting the pressure on me here yeah you got work to do let's get cole baron here uh he joins us uh he covers you and i for the cedar rapids gazette he also mans the five to six hour at 1560 kcnz trent's old home cole (laughs) I uh, spoke with Trent. My name's Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on, Colbert. How are you? I'm great. Pleasure to be with you guys. I uh, appreciate you coming on. I uh, want to know all about this UNI team, and the bad news for you is we have your number as we get uh, closer <laughs> to the season, Cole. Um, look, it's, um, it's, it's a fascinating first game for Iowa State. There's a lot of uncertainty, as I'm sure you're aware of, regarding yeah. the quarterback position and some of the other starting positions on the team. Uh, and you and I, I'm guessing, always circles this game when the schedule comes out. They'd like nothing more uh, to pick off. Uh, whether it be the Hawks week one or the Cyclones week one, um, this is a, an important game for them. They will be ready. Farley will have them ready, no doubt about it. Uh, and apparently this is, a, this is a pretty good Panther team. Decent expectations for them this year, fair to say? Yeah, and the way that I've been characterizing it, guys, is that um, the expectations for this season are higher than usual around here. And you guys, have followed UNI football long enough to know that the expectation is to make the FCS playoffs and compete for a championship. And on a quite regular basis, 
throughout Mark Farley's tenure uh, as head coach. You know, more more often than not, that's been the case. The Panthers have been in the FCS playoffs. They just missed the playoffs last season, going six and five. Uh, their defense got off to a slow start, and the offense it, it became a juggernaut. Uh, that was not quite enough to overcome the shortcomings of the defense. But headed into this season, because of what that offense displayed last season, led by returning quarterback Theo Day, and as I've been saying nonstop, the return of longtime defensive coordinator Jeremiah Johnson, who might have more trust of Mark Farley than uh, any other coach, uh, maybe other than Bryce Pop, mm. uh, I think it's fair to say. I-, I think those two things is the place to start with why, like I said, expectations are higher than normal for the UNI Panthers. We know Theo Day, he's going to put up some big numbers. He's got tight ends, wide receivers returning. The question is up front, not only losing four starters from a year ago on that offensive line, but also Clanton making his way down to Ames and taking over the O-line with Iowa State. But bring him back an old friend, Rick Nelson, the coach here at Mm. Ankeny for a number of seasons, making his way back with the Panthers. A veteran coming back in that role, losing Clanton Sting certainly, but bringing Nelson back, that has to be looked at as a positive. Yeah, I mean, in mentioning Jeremiah Johnson coming back and the impact that should have on this team, on the program, Rick Nelson's right there, as you guys well know. Um, and, you know, as much as it stings losing Ryan Clanton, uh, he's such a bright young coach. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the future is incredibly bright for Ryan Clanton. The thing is, is that he was such a great recruiter in his time here at UNI that Rick Nelson now has his hands on a bunch of great prospects, you know, guys that are either upperclassmen have been waiting uh, in line for their turn to be starters because, you know, last year you had four guys that were, um, you know, redshirt seniors or COVID seniors. So you've got guys that have been developed in this program. They just haven't gotten the snaps. And uh, when it when you talk about a program like UNI's and a lot of other FCS programs for that matter, uh, the third-year sophomore is always such a big uh, deal, I think, in FCS football because uh, what they might lack in size and stature and maybe mental acuity for the game, uh, they take that redshirt season, they develop their body, their football mind, and by the time they're a third-year sophomore, they're equipped to play Division One college football at the FCS level. And you and I has no shortage uh, of guys on its offensive line uh, that are competing for four open spots. You've got Trevor Penning, who's the lone returnee, or excuse me, Jared Penning, um, the younger brother. Right, I'd love Trevor. to have Trevor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think they, I mean, at least on paper and, you know, what we've heard from the coaching staff, they like what they have on their offensive line. But that's certainly an area that remains a question mark until you see how it plays out on the field. Was Trevor Penning, uh, take us back to his days there, he's a, he's a nasty SOP. Um, was he like that at you and I? He's one of those guys um, that when he's not in between the lines, when the clock is running, mm-hmm. just a nice, nice guy, really. Uh, the number of times that I spoke to him, uh, you know, soft, pretty soft-spoken, I would say. I mean, he'll tell you about how he likes to get nasty with dudes. Uh, you know, once the ball is kicked off and he's yeah. in between the white line. Uh, but he, he's he's kind of like any other guy, I think, that you would meet in terms of college football players. Um, and, you know, no surprise there that he got into some skirmishes mm-hmm. in training camp last year with the New Orleans Saints. And, and hopefully he remains healthy this year because uh, I think he'll be able to start to solidify himself as 
one of the NFL's better offensive tackles. Well, if you and I can figure out that tackle position, looks to be in good shape offensively. Let's go over to the defense. You mentioned, Cole, a little bit of a slow start a season ago. And the back seven after the front, there's a lot of question marks there back there. A lot of talented guys that have departed off that roster. What do you know about the linebacker crew and the defensive backs? And going to be a lot of new names out there for the Panthers this season. Yeah, there's really going to be. uh, Thankfully, uh, Woo Governor returns at cornerback for these Panthers. He was an all-conference performer a season ago. I think the arrow just continues to point up for him. Uh, just another one of those classic UNI corners that takes the ball away, uh, makes plays going the other direction when he does get his hands on it. But, yeah, I mean, there are question marks in that secondary. And in spring ball, I mean, it was pretty much up for grabs, you know. And that's what Jeremiah Johnson had told me. You know, we got a lot of guys that we're looking at. Uh, but it's it'd just be impossible to say, uh, after spring ball, who the starter is. So I, I think that's probably the secondary anyways, uh, the most hotly contested position heading into fall camp. I think they have a better idea at other positions that have a similar amount of turnover as to who are going to be the first team guys, you know, when they break the huddle and fall camp here in just a little while. At linebacker, Ben Belkin uh, is one of those third-year sophomores that I talked about earlier that's been in the program. He's got great size, 6'4" almost 230 pounds. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy that steps in for a Spencer Kuvalier, who was a great middle linebacker for a number of seasons for the Panthers. Uh, Amari Pesek-Hickson is another linebacker, and a Josiah Galvin, um, who's an Iowa native. I think those guys are all in the mix and should be good linebackers. Uh, but for this defense, you know, they returned their defensive linemen. They didn't play as well as they needed to last year but I think that was because they were on the field too much. And Bryce Pop and his defensive line units are always at their best when they've got incredible depth, and he knows how to rotate those guys in uh, in and out in terms of down and distance and situation in the game. And the one thing they really attacked this offseason through the transfer portal was their defensive line depth. So I think that's something to watch week one in Ames is how Bryce Pop utilizes those D-line rotations. Hmm. Do they have a, uh, a kicker if this thing does come down to a field goal? Um, a kid's very accurate from close in. What's it? Cook is his name? Uh, what kind of what, yeah. what can you tell us about him? Yeah, Matthew Cook, the Cedar Falls native. Uh, he's got the extra year of eligibility, so he's back to use it. He's getting all sorts of preseason accolades. He was just announced earlier today uh, as a preseason All-American from Hero Sports, and rightfully so. Uh, he's you know, been one of the most, if not the most efficient field goal kicker uh, in FCS football for going on three seasons now. Mm-hmm. If that game in Ames comes down to a field goal and Matthew Cook's getting trotted out there, I think Cyclone fans remember that 2019 game when yeah. he was a freshman guy. You guys remember that. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if it comes down to that, you, I think you got to like the Panthers in that situation. Uh, I be. didn't realize you're still there. I do remember that. <laughs> That's a long time yeah, ago. Was, yeah. And there he is yeah. trotting out for a, another season of eligibility. So we've seen, going back to the Gateway Conference days, now the Missouri Valley Football Conference, the ascension, not just of North Dakota State, but also South Dakota State, and what that program has been built into. What's different about those two programs and how they've elevated themselves to a level that you and I has not been able to get to over the last 10, 15 years? Well, I don't want to make it sound like this takes any of the luster off of their accomplishments, but North Dakota State and South Dakota State have a great donor base. They've got a lot of money behind their programs. And UNI is the poster child for a program that does more with less. 
you and I does not at all measure up uh, to the money that's going into the North Dakota State and South Dakota State football programs. They've been building practice facilities, uh, you know, all sorts of facilities that have been able to help them uh, convince kids to go up, you know, into the Dakotas and play football <laughs> um, in lieu of, you know, going to other more desirable destinations in terms of cities with other FCS programs. And they've just developed that talent really well with the resources that they have available to them and obviously great coaching staffs. The big question now with South Dakota State is the retirement of longtime coach John Stigelmeyer. You know, they won the championship last year. He hung it up. I think it was 26 seasons. He was the Jackrabbits head coach, and they lost a lot of other members of that staff. They bring a lot of back, a lot back in terms of personnel, but I'm very curious to see uh, what that battle at the top, seemingly between SDSU and NDSU, looks like, given all the turnover uh, on the Jackrabbits coaching staff. Hmm. What's Farley got left? We bring this up with Ferens periodically. Mm-hmm. What's Farley got left? He's also I think he's not as old as uh, as Ferens, but he's in his sixties. Uh, what do you think he's got left, Cole? He had signed a five-year extension ahead of the 2021 season, if I'm not mistaken. So that would have him with three years left uh, on this current deal. And I I get the impression that Mark uh, very well could sign one more extension Hmm. after this one and just being around him as often as I am. uh, I mean, he's, he's got all the energy and then some. Hasn't slipped a bit, I wouldn't say, you know, similar to a Kirk Ferentz. It might not be a five-year extension after this current one expires or if they, you know, tack another two or three years on a year before this one ends. But uh, I don't think we'll see the end of Mark Farley anytime soon if you're calling soon uh, in the next two or three seasons. Over on the basketball front, Ben Jacobson has a team that certainly they hope is much healthier this season. What can you tell us about the Panthers getting Heisey back, Bowen Bourne, after what he dealt with, Cole Henry, those guys, and uh, maybe another big man coming back and fight for another season. What about the Panthers in a down year last year in the MVC? Well, you mentioned Nate Heisey, Bowen Bourne, Cole Henry, and Ben Jacobson had him on my radio show. Uh, I think it was last week. And he said, all those guys are healthy. Uh, you know, Nate Heisey had the hand injury that kept him out all last season. Um, he's healthy now. Had a source tell me uh, that Coach Jake had told him that Nate Heisey's just looking outstanding in summer workouts. Bowen Bourne was battling uh, a lower leg issue last season, fought through it. He's completely healthy now. Cole Henry had two bad ankles last season that, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of information about. He got those cleaned up this offseason. So it's a much healthier team, and it's a much deeper team. They've got 17 guys, if you count Austin Fife, on this roster. And the, the most important thing for that, guys, and I know you can remember this, that Ben Jacobson's best teams are deep. They go nine or ten guys deep. He's not afraid to play his bench. And beyond that, their ability to practice and practice hard without fear of, well, if we lose one guy, you know, we can't afford to do that right now because of how thin we are. They can withstand an injury or two this season, maybe even three if it comes to that. And that's the other thing that Ben Jacobson has told me over the years that comes to his best teams is that they practice hard throughout the season. And that level of competitiveness is what's what's made the great teams great. So I, I think that's something to watch closely. 
I'm really glad Bowen Bourne's still there in this era of NIL and poaching kids from mid-majors. Need a shooter. I thought somebody might come after him, but it's, uh, it's good to see him back uh, with the Panthers for another year, and hopefully they're back and uh, relevant again in the Missouri Valley Conference as best uh, when they are. Uh, Cole, great to uh, meet you via the radio. Appreciate you doing this, and we will impose on you as week one uh, draws near after you've uh, covered all the uh, training camp, as we know you will for the Cedar Rapids Gazette, and of course on your radio show, your daily radio show up there on uh, 1650 KCNZ. Got it right. Cole, thanks for doing this. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Call anytime. Thank you. Appreciate it. Colbert, as we take a look at the Panthers and give you a little 411 on uh, what awaits the Cyclones and the Panthers. So uh, you and I is going back to the battle for Atlantis this year? Are they? This field. Check this out. All right. Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan, Mm. North Carolina, Stanford, Texas Tech, Villanova. Holy mackerel. And the UNI Panthers. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about, how about that field? You get a couple oh of wins my there. Oh, gosh. That resume is going to be looking pretty shiny. Yeah, I'll March. see. I'll see. Worst places to go than Atlantis, too. Uh-huh. Boy, it's spectacular. Uh, we'll take our final timeout. Trent's got some plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. They're next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. States. Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free to have dinner with your family every night. Free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Circa Sports Iowa encourages you to gamble responsibly. Problems with gambling? Call or visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just real quick, Trent. Looks like Scott Van Pelt is going to take over Susie Colbert's role on uh, Monday Night Countdown. Oh, really? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting name. SVP on the road. I don't know how much I like that just because I enjoy Van Pelt and his Sports Center so well. Yeah, I want to have him recap on Monday. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that we get pushed back an extra day for bad beats? This is I don't like it. I'm not sure. I don't watch it. So, um, anyways, let's make some money. Let's do it. We got three plays in baseball and a billion in golf coming up this week. Uh, today, give me the Cardinals. They're laying minus 105 against the Marlins. Marlins going for going five in a row. Wrong way. It'll be Hudson against El Contra, who has been a disappointment this year for the Fish. Give me the Brew Crew. Getting plus 140. 
I'm betting on the Iowan. Colin Ray as he gets the start for the Brewers against Sanchez for the Phillies. And I'm going to lay it tonight with the Mariners. It's Castillo against Maeda. Maeda just mm-hmm. coming off that injury, coming off the – he just – he's not sharp. And for a guy that barely musters it up there at 90-91, you have to be sharp. That has not been the case there. I think a little bounce back for the Mariners tonight in the – Third of four between the Twins and the Mariners. So I mentioned a couple of my long shots earlier. Yannick Paul, now 425 to one Jesus. to win the Claret Jug. Uh, I, as Matt Rudy told us earlier in the program, I'm also on Patty Harrington. I got a ticket at him. Some places out there, the big shops, about 125, 140 to one. At Circa, he's 240 to one. Hmm. Where would you bet? anywhere else. Back on Robert McIntyre again this week. Got him at 80-1. to 1. I got a Fleetwood ticket, a Hovland ticket, Morikawa, Terrell Hatton, and a bunch of top 20s, Denny McCarthy, Adam Scott. I'll have even more probably on my ticket. Again, you can follow along on the Action Network app, and you can see all my picks. I make sure they are all verified. You can see how I am doing. Over the last 30 days, I am minus 0.1 units. Just Barely under. Got some work to do to get that other, another winning month for you. Yes, we'll build it back up and hopefully the open is what it was. I told you yesterday, I was hoping to have some time, maybe do a little handicapping yesterday. Nothing. (laughs) And the two games that I really liked, I liked the Padres yesterday and they crushed. They dominated. Manoa was awful. And I liked the Nationals. And when it was 3 nothing. Yeah. I'm like, of course, I didn't even get my bet in. You were lucky. And then I look again, it's 17-3 Cubs. Yeah, that was a blowout. Speaking of the Cubs, David Kaplan will be with us tomorrow. Cappy's walking across the city of Chicago, raising money to provide books for the underprivileged in the Windy City. So Cappy doing that today. That's why he wasn't with us. But Centurion Stone's David Kaplan will be with us tomorrow at 1230. Dane Mazzatani, who covers the Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He's our first guest uh, of the day. He'll join us at 11.30. What are you going to do with your afternoon? We don't have TV this week as the Mediacom crew is over broadcasting That's the state right. baseball tournament. Uh, play with Jet. Play with Jet. Gotcha. Yeah. We got some day baseball today, right? I don't know. I never even looked at the schedule. Yeah, I think Oh, there's, there's got to be some. There's a getaway day in a lot of places. Yeah, the Guardians are already up 4-2. to two. Dodgers and Orioles are just underway. What else we got this Do- afternoon? Uh, the uh, Dodgers going for the sweep in that well, series. Well, the Cardinals are this afternoon. That's Against up the here. Fish? Yeah, just in a little bit. 20 minutes away from that one. Rays Rangers, Astros Rockies, Red Sox A's. You got you know, some viewing opportunities here this afternoon. and. You and Jet have a good time. And count on it. All right, that's going to do it for us. Murph and Andy, they're at the ballpark. Uh, but you'll hear them in five minutes from Principal Park. And then, of course, the drive with Heather and Sean. They take you home from 3 until 6. A- another day will start tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. with the morning rush. Miller and Condon weekdays 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.